Welcome to the Careers, Employability and Skills podcast from Queen's University Belfast. This episode was recorded during an information session on IST Worldwide STEM Placements with guest speaker Mary Mallon of British Council in Northern Ireland and hosted by Rory McGrillen of the Queen's Careers team. Good afternoon everyone. You're all very welcome today at our IASI information session. My name is Rory McGrillen and I work in the Global Opportunities team at Queen's University Belfast. We are kindly joined today by Miss Mary Mallon. Mary is the IASI Programme Coordinator for Northern Ireland and interestingly Mary is also a Queen's alumni. Mary is very well placed to talk to you today about international opportunities. She has a wealth of international experience having studied and worked in countries such as the US, Ethiopia, Hong Kong, mainland UK, and extensively in Northern Ireland. We're also kindly joined today by current and past participants of the ASU programme from Queen's. And at this stage, I now want to pass you over to Mary, who will make further introductions and also begin the session. Thanks for that introduction, Rory, and a big shout out and hello to everybody that's online today. Thanks for joining um, us. So the IASTE programme, it's a bit of a mouthful, um, but it's been around for a long time. It's actually been around for over 70 years. And in Northern Ireland, we're very fortunate in that it's funded by the Department of the Economy. And I think the one thing about the IASTE programme that's quite unique is that for any particular offer of a job placement for a student or a graduate, we actually only nominate one student at a time for it. So your chance of being accepted is actually really high on the IASTE programme. It is a global programme and today I'm delighted to be joined by some of the students um, who've actually participated. So Rory's surrounded by females today here, all flying the flag for STEM and uh, business and applied arts, etc. So I'd like to uh, invite everyone just to say a little word about themselves. Hi there, I'm Catherine and I'm currently working as the president of the local committee in Belfast for ISTE. And I'm currently doing a master's in materials science and engineering at Queen's. Hello, uh, I'm also on the local committee for IST currently, and I'm studying a master's in business management. Hi, I'm Monica. I recently graduated my bachelor's in architecture at Queen's, and I'm currently doing an internship uh, in Switzerland for a year in an architecture firm, which I got through IST. <laughs> Great. Um, I'd just like to say that the other thing that's quite unique about IST is that 90% of the people that work to make IASTE happen are actually volunteers. So there's always an opportunity to get involved with us and volunteer. So what is IASTE? As I said, we all just refer to IASTE, but its proper name is the International Association for the Exchange of Students for Technical Experience. But actually graduates can also apply. And what we offer are paid international work experience for a summer, a short short term, like six weeks, all the way up to a year. So sometimes people use the program to just get that first taste of what it would be like to work in another country, or sometimes they use it for their placement year. And then sometimes we have students use it as their first step on their career ladder as a graduate program. 
and it offers work experience in top companies like Volvo in Sweden. We've had students from Northern Ireland go there in the past, or as Monica is in top architectural companies in the likes of Switzerland, etc. So how big is IASTE? Well, it's really rather large. So every year, over 3,000 students participate in the program, and we offer opportunities all across the globe in 80 countries worldwide. And again, a very unusual thing about IASTE is it's not just a one-way ticket. It's not a case of students from Northern Ireland going on placements across the world. We actually raise placements here in Northern Ireland so that students can come to us here as well. And that's a key element of the programme. And our tagline for the programme is work, experience and discover. And up on the top right of the slide there, you'll see one of our Queen's students, Anwen, and he uh, took part in the programme last year. He's just finished up his year in Switzerland. So these 80 countries around the world, where are they? Well, there's a map and on that map, you can see some images of the students from Northern Ireland who've actually gone out on placement. And in 2019, we did have um, 69 bridges built between people in Northern Ireland and around the world on five continents and 27 countries. And I guess the important thing to say here is that IASTE is not the same size in every country. So it doesn't uh, depend on the size of your country, the size of the placements that you'll have. So for example, in Germany, Germany would have lots and lots of placements, but for example, in the United States, Australia, the number of placements would be much fewer. So it's just important to say that upfront. So, what, what backgrounds can you be from? Well, originally IASTE started out after the Second World War and it was mostly for STEM students. But what we've seen over the years is the range of different opportunities being offered really has grown immensely. And we've seen students from Northern Ireland in medicine, we've seen biomedical students, we've seen marketing students, business students, etc., all take part in placements. And last year, we know that COVID really affected things in the summer of 2020, and it continues to do that. So just to let you know, as we are aware of COVID, um, but what we're hoping is that by the summer of 2021, there will be windows where students will actually be able to travel. Um, and if that's not possible, then I asked you again, will offer remote internships. So we had almost 20 students this year from Northern Ireland participate in remote internships. And this is a photograph of Adam McKenna, who did um, a remote internship over the summer. And what we find is that students are really finding these remote internships beneficial in that they really enhance their CV because nowadays employers, they're some of the skills that they're looking for. So again, um, we've kind of covered all the bases. As I say, our main job is physical internships, but we also can flip to remote internships in some cases. So why would you go on an IASTE placement? I think that's enough talking from me from now. I think it's important to hand over to the students and let you hear from them. Thanks very much, Mary. Um, guys, I'm gonna get straight into the questions and I'll start with Monica, who's really new to the, I suppose, IASTE experience. Monica, can I, can I ask you just to give a bit of an overview of what you're doing in your current role and where you are? 
Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, first of all, I'm super um, grateful and um, really excited that I had this opportunity through AST to work with such an amazing firm. And uh, the firm usually from architecture firms, it's, it's, it's incredible that we've been able to participate in really big projects, one of which was for the airport in Zurich. And it's uh, roles that you wouldn't really expect to be given in such an early stage, but really the, they make sure they include us in many interesting projects and I'm extremely grateful for that. So yes, um, so far it's been such an amazing experience and um, we, I feel like I've learned so much, even though it's been only nearly three months and for sure it's been an amazing experience so far. Yeah. Uh, have you settled into Switzerland quite easily or was that a bit of a challenge? Uh, no, it was really easy. Um, I had so much support from um, the IST team here in Switzerland. It was, everything was almost organized by, um, I was assigned a tutor in the beginning and uh, she helped me through accommodation, travel, everything. She was so helpful and it was really easy to settle and extremely easy. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we'll come on to chat about the IST committee at a later stage in the, in the conversation. Yeah. And is there other, in terms of your uh, placement, is there other young students, place interns, completing their internship? Yes, actually a colleague of mine from, from my course in architecture, uh, he's also doing the internship at the same firm. And we have um, two or three more interns at the firm as well doing the same position as ours. Yeah. So Fantastic. it's a lot of young people, a lot of new contacts all the time, meeting new people. Is, absolutely incredible experience. I'm, I'm sure it's quite reassuring that you have other young people that you can sort of bounce ideas off and, and check in with and yeah. Sure. yeah. Were were you surprised by the level of responsibility and the, the projects you were involved in from the beginning? Yes, I was actually quite surprised because you would think everything is so strict and important, but they actually trust you so much and they put you in the in the big things and you're just yeah, so it was incredible to be able to participate in such important projects from, from the beginning. So, yeah. Fantastic. I'll, I'll come back to you in a minute with a few more questions, no doubt. Um, Catherine, you had also uh, completed your IAST experience in Switzerland, but you're obviously from a, a different subject area. Can you tell us about your experience? Yes, so I'm actually quite jealous of Monica, who's uh, in Switzerland. Um, but I graduated from my undergraduate course, which was Applied Maths and Physics. Uh, in two, 2018 and I guess I was sort of looking out an international opportunity you know to get some work experience abroad after I'd graduated so um, you know it's not just something that you have to do like in between your years of study um, you can do it after you finish as well so I ended up in a product management role in uh, Zurich in Switzerland which you know probably wasn't exactly because um, I asked, they have all sorts of different jobs on offer, so it wasn't like I was specifically um, looking for that role, but it actually turned out really well and really interesting. And um, yeah, it was just really useful work experience uh, abroad. So, fantastic. How did you find the level of responsibility and the support you received from your colleagues? Uh, really good. Yeah, they'd had some ISD interns before, so um, so it was nice. Kind of, I was kind of replacing the girl who had just finished. And um, I kind of did have a, a tutor in my work who um, did assign me quite a lot of um, interesting tasks and 
felt like I did have quite a lot of responsibility throughout the year. And yeah, mine was a year long, which it was nice to go away for quite a long time and, um, you know, get to know everyone and, and work on some longer projects. So. Very good. So there's a, there's a definite benefit of staying or going out for a slightly longer experience than just. Yeah. Sort of yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Fantastic. No, again, I'll come back with some more questions in a minute. Finola, well, uh, Catherine and Monica had obviously been sort of closer to home in Switzerland, but you, you went further afield. Can you tell us about your experience? Yes, uh, I went to China. Um, so as I'm now studying a master's in management, but for my undergraduate degree, like I can see a lot of people here are doing chemistry. So I did an undergraduate in chemistry in Queens and I'd already done a 15 month placement and separate from IESTA because I didn't know about it at the time. Otherwise, I would have definitely done it through IESTA. But I had already done 15 months in the food industry, which was very similar to Catherine, where I was doing project management and trials and process operations. And then I wanted proper chemical experience in a in industry in actually a chemical environment and so I applied for an IST program and I really searched with Mary um, through the catalogue um, and identified what type of uh, job I wanted so I was really interested in material science at the time because I was in my final year of my undergraduate bachelor's and I went for the placement rather than where it was in the world and I found one that suited me perfectly. It was in material uh, chemistry in China. So I was working for one of the largest material science company, Wanhua Chemicals out in China. And it was a phenomenal experience, um, even traveling there. And even though I was basically at the opposite side of the world, um, I was never alone. I think I spent two days by myself the entire three months. Um, my flight out there, I was by myself, but I was so busy packing that I didn't really have it like a chance to think about it. And then when I arrived in the airport, um, there was volunteers there to pick me up and bring me uh, to where we were staying. And then you had a mentor. Uh, we had a mentor um, that looked after us in work when we were out there. And I was fortunate enough to. Um, I was only there for three months, but it it was really good. And I was rotated around, I think it was six different labs, but across the three different sites. So I was out in like the industrial manufacturing site, which I would say is probably larger than Belfast um, City. Uh, <laughs> it's huge. Um, it's just on a completely different scale. And it was just such a fantastic experience. And I also got trained up on, I think it was over 26 different analytical techniques that you don't experience in your undergraduate um, facilities in the labs. So it was really a phenomenal eye-opening experience for chemistry. So. Sounds amazing. It's very interesting you'd mentioned that uh, you applied for the role rather than location. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that the, the role lived up to your expectation then? Oh, completely. <laughs> Even better. Like I, I don't really think I had any expectations. I didn't really know because um, I'd, I'd actually never been out of Europe um, that before that summer. So I had attended the Global Leadership Program with you, Rory, in 
uh, Toronto and before that and then a couple of weeks later I flew to China um, but before that I'd actually never been out of Europe so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, so. You certainly got the, the travel bug that summer anyway and um, it, it brings me on <laughs> Brings me on to the next question. So obviously you applied for this role. Was there any other reasons why you applied for IAS? And you know, I'd open that question up to all three of yourselves. Um, I was certainly looking to get some international experience and you know, I knew some people who'd done IAS Day before and I knew that kind of, even though you were traveling to a new place sort of on your own, that you were going to be with sort of like-minded other people from all over the world and like that was so fascinating to me because you kind of realize well I don't know I was kind of in a wee bubble here and didn't have very many international friends and stuff so it was amazing to meet people from everywhere. Fantastic. Yeah I, I did it just totally on the work. Sorry Monica go ahead. <laughs> sorry uh, sorry for there, my bad internet connection. Um, yeah I think it's incredible to really be able to get experience from different countries, spend time with different kind of cultures and societies, it just it widens up your horizon really for as a, a lot on your CV, it always looks better when you kind of get out of your comfort zone and you're ready to experience new things and just the knowledge, it's, it's um, you get a lot of knowledge from being and living in a different place and learning methods and dif different way of doing, th doing things. So yeah, it's that's one of the reasons why I applied as well. Yeah. My, my main reason was just for the experience, um, for the work experience within the chemical environment, um, and also to figure out if it was what I wanted to do as a career before I applied for graduate programs or a full-time job. Uh, so that was my main reason, just to get a feel for the type of work that I was looking into doing. Fantastic. And in terms of applying the excellent reasons for encouraging all students to make an application, but how did, how did you find the application process? Well, ask yourself, Monica, because you're most recently going, went through it. Yeah, well, it was it was pretty straightforward. Every, uh, Mary was helping a lot, really, all, all the time with emails. She, she was really useful. But um, first of all, it's really important to um, organize your CV properly. And of course, as if you do more experiences and then you look better on your CV because most likely the first thing they would look at is your CV. And uh, you have to make sure it's really well written and you really spend a lot of time on it and keep updating. And it's, I don't think the CV could ever be finished. You also can add on it, make it better. So, but in terms of the actual application process, uh, it, it was not complicated at all, but yes, of course, you have to spend a lot of time on making your CV and yeah. And also, um, if you do, the more experience you do, the better. And at Queens, there's uh, the degree plus this option as well, which I, which I did and I went through and it's really worth it because um, also, again, another thing you can put in your CV, also you get a certificate at the end of the, uh, when you graduate for that degree. Plus it, you get it usually when you do extracurricular activities and it's, yeah, I think it's yep. a really big plus as well. Yeah. Excellent, because the, the people is obviously very recognized by employers and shows your sort of extracurricular and professional experience. It's interesting you mentioned the CV and how important that is because 
I know Mary's going to run a, a specific CV workshop in the coming weeks. So uh, everyone who has registered for this session today will get an email just with the, the details on how to register. And I would encourage everyone to, to go to that and then get sort of you know, the key advice on how to uh, pull together or tidy up your CV or resume. In terms of, is there any other advice in terms of application process from yourself, Catherine, or Manolo? Um, well, I think Mary will talk through the documents that you need and stuff. Um, you know, getting as much ready in advance is good because, you know, the jobs do become available at different times and sometimes, um, you know, there's not loads of time between when the job's advertised and when the um, application has to be submitted and stuff. So things like the tutor recommendation you can get done in advance in the CV and stuff. So um, I just recommend that really. Yeah. Mm -hmm being prepared for it um, especially with your tutor recommendation because it, it obviously can take a while for your tutor to be able to write it but especially with your cv the ISTA cv is only a one page and for me um, going to china i needed a picture on the cv as opposed to other countries but depending of the initial cv that you upload um, for when i was doing it anyway it might have changed this year but um, I'm always like a perfectionist and want everything to be perfect, but especially for the initial CV, um, don't be worrying too much about it because um, we'll always be there to help you. And the final CV that you send away to your uh, the, the place that you're applying to might be different than the first CV that you upload. So um, don't worry about it, I would say. That's very, very good advice. Just getting yourself prepared and doing your preparation in advance. And it's like any application, it's not worth leaving at the last minute because you just give yourself extra stress. Um, just a final question at this stage of the session. What what did you gain? You've touched on a few of these points, but what did you really gain from the IAFS experience? We'll start with yourself, Lola. Um, where do I start? <laughs> uh, I gained so much. Um, I gained best friends for life. Uh, first off, um, I I've even been invited because my placement I was living with four other interns and um, so there was five of us in total in the one company and they were all engineers I was the only actual chemist um, and we were all living together eating together traveling together at the weekends um, we met all the other interns that were out in China so we kind of created like our own little community um, and from that, then I've been planning holidays with my friends that I've been with and been invited to live in Austria for a couple of months, hopefully after the coronavirus. Um, so it made me realize what I wanted to do as a career as well. Um, it really highlighted for me um, the what I enjoy doing on a daily basis. And even um, I stay in contact with all of the friends that I made out in China, so my work colleagues um, constantly text me to see how I'm getting on and even the HR from the company were, was messaging me saying, hope you're keeping well, if everything settles down, it'd be good to see you back out in China. Um, and just the experience of traveling and seeing a new country is just phenomenal and embracing a different culture, especially um, because Chinese culture is different but also very similar to what we have here and it's, it's really apparent when you actually go out and live within the country rather than learning about it um, and especially like anybody can say in university that we're working on a group project and I was working with different types of people 
But when you're working with different people in a work environment, especially for me in China, where the although I was learning analytical techniques um, for like for chemistry and how to use different processes, um, it's different again when you're learning it and the computers are in Chinese. Um, so <laughs> it was really uh, useful. To, so you really needed to know what you were doing, and especially when it's in a different language. But that didn't bother me at all and everybody I worked with was just so friendly and no matter where you are in the world you'll always have somebody there to help you. So. Fantastic. There are some excellent outcomes from the experience and some professional, some personal and some just really enjoyable by the sense of it. Uh, Catherine, is there anything you <laughs> would, you noticed yourself when you came back from your experience? Um. Well, it was yeah, I don't know if I'm on about everything, but yeah, um, I think one of the main things was meeting, uh, going to the Connect conference because I wasn't super involved with the LC here before I left. But when I went out to Switzerland, I met people who were really involved in their local uh, committees. So I ended up going and kind of helping organize the Connect conference in Glasgow um, a couple of years ago. And that was just a fantastic experience. And that actually like introduced me to the local committee team here. And so it was just a really good kind of networking opportunity with SA people. And as Fanona said, like making friends for life and, um, you know, being able to go on holidays with people from like in their home countries, like I went to Norway for a few weeks and traveled around. And so just all those wee things that you don't really expect when you're applying for work experience somewhere, like you just you get so much more on top of it. So um, loads of stuff, yeah. Um. You've all sort of touched on the support that you've received, obviously from Mary and I asked in Northern Ireland, your mentors and your sort of co-workers. In terms of the committee, for anyone who's not aware of it, what what essentially is the committee's role within within the country? Um, well, the committee. So the committee here would, um, you know, help with events like these at, at this time of year, and then in the summer when the interns come in, we would help sort of organise events and. Um, get them settled in the country so it's the same with all the lcs that you would be going to on placement um they're there to sort of help you with your accommodation and all the wee things that you do need help with when you're moving halfway across the world and um definitely like a sort of social circle as well like switzerland was great with weekends like literally there was some mad activity on every weekend organized by the local committee there so hopefully that'll be like Belfast next summer and um, obviously this year was a bit of a non-event but if we have some interns um, coming in next summer then we'll be doing them for that uh, the same kind of thing for them here. So, so, uh, so the majority of the volunteers are past participants and they are there just someone someone in a like-minded position and sort of can understand what you're going through at that particular time and, and provide us an extra level of support. Yeah yeah. Very good. Um, Monica, you're again. You're three months into your placement as or, or your internship. Is there anything that you've sort of not noticeable differences that you've gained from the experience so far? Well, yeah, everything they mentioned pretty much. I know it's been only three months, but so many new friendships, so many new experiences. Switzerland is a gorgeous country. Traveling a lot, um, and yeah, ISTR are also really good. The the local committee here is also super active. They're constantly organizing, even despite of the virus. They're trying to keep um, keep it up as usually it would be. But uh, we went to Basel um, a few weeks ago as well, despite the virus again. But yeah, it's uh, 
it's incredible because you get the work experience and also such incredible life experience that you can't really replace. So it's it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> Brilliant. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, thanks very much. We'll, we'll probably a few minutes, a few questions at the end just to finish off. But I'm, I'm going to pass it back to Mary now for further information on IFC program. I would say though, if, if anyone has any questions, just please continue to add them to the chat function and we'll address them at the end. That's great. Thanks everyone. I don't know about you, Rory, but I wish I was younger and had a suitcase I could pack up when I hear the students talking. I just think, oh wow, fantastic. Definitely to, to figure out your career within one <laughs> summer or what you would like to do. Excellent. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was great to hear Monica talking about, you know, they've just recently been to Basel because there's a Queen's student, actually a mechanical engineer, and he's doing his year's placement out in Basel at the minute as well. Um, so that's great to hear that they've been touching base. So for this year, then, our timeline is a little bit different. And that's obviously because, you know, things have happened with COVID. But this is our general timeline at the moment. So the student registration is open and that's registering your interest. And the deadline is January 3rd. But as you've just heard from all of the ladies, you know, the early bird gets the worm. So we would encourage everyone to apply early. And I was at uh, the Go Global uh, Fair and the Careers Fair last week at Queen's, the online events, and we had posted up some sample jobs. And I got some questions through the chat from the students to say, well, you know, what about a job in this? Or I don't see any jobs in that. And that's because between now and January, every country in the world is raising jobs. So we are raising jobs so that we can swap them with international partners. So for the students that register their interest with us, we are actively communicating with our partners around the world to say, oh, actually, you know, this year we seem to have a lot of computer scientists or a lot of architects. We're going to need more of those kind of jobs this year. So it really starts with the students who want to go each year. We don't automatically have the same jobs each year. But what we do find is where we have jobs one year, maybe that are really popular with students, then we will request the same jobs um, the next year. So as Rory said, um, in about three weeks time, we will be having a CV workshop because the CV for IASTE is very different from every other CV. Um, I won't talk a lot about it now because, as, as Rory said, we're going to have a wee workshop just about that. But in January, that's when the jobs really start getting exchanged. That's when we come together as a big world community and we sort of sit with our playing cards and say, I'll give you one of these if you give me one of those, etc. And that's how it all happens. And then what we do is we email those jobs out to the students and ask them, is anyone interested? And again, the ladies have just said, you know, being fastest finger on the buzzer sometimes helps, especially if we have a country that posts a job up um, and maybe they need the job filled quite quickly. Then we have a very quick turnaround. So again, having all your documents and your transcripts and your tutor recommendation ready really helps with that. Um, and to be honest, half of the students in Northern Ireland get their jobs in February and March time and half of them get them around Easter time in what is the late offer section. And the late offer section is a bit like clearing. You know, when you apply to go to university and there's all these jobs through clearing, well, we have the very same thing in IASTE. 
and that's where a lot of our students um, do very well. And the reason our Northern Irish students are very successful is because you're all fluent English speakers. And so being a fluent English speaker is a real advantage in IASTE. So that's our timeline there. And so, as I said, the 3rd of January is the register your interest, but you know, the sooner the better, we would say. And you will need some documents in stage two, and there's a payment of a £10 registration fee. Um, I'll talk about the documents um, a little bit later on down the line, but they're, they're basically listed, the, the main documents that you will need. We will send emails out to you in stage three and, you know, keep an eye on our social media as well, because sometimes as we, you know, get early offers or late offers, we'll advertise them through that. So already we've seen offers this year coming through for companies like Electrolux, companies like Volvo. The, obviously, the Volvo um, positions were in Sweden, but Electrolux, they were offering positions in three different countries um, and wanting people to travel um, throughout their countries. Um, and then we have this big thing called the IASTE Exchange Platform, and it's an electronic platform. And that's where you'll actually be invited to submit your application and view the global jobs later on in the year. So let's see. What does a job offer look like? Well, it's usually a one page PDF. And I know that no one's got telescopic eyes, so you won't be able to see the detail of that. So we've chopped it up for you um, and we'll show you what it looks section by section. So you'll see the location, for example, of the job. You'll see um, the details of the job in terms of how many hours per work per week you would be working. Um, you will also see how many employees would be in the company. So you can see if it's a small company or a large company. Um, and the website of the company would be listed as well. So you can do a bit of research into it. And then you'll see how many years of study they're looking for. So do you match that? Have you got the two years completed? And it's important to say it's completed by the time you would be going on placement. So if you're currently in year two, because I can see from the chat here, Emily's online and she's year two aerospace and I can see Neve and she's second year in medicine. So by next summer, they would both actually have um, two years completed. Most of the offers require you to have excellent English. Some of them do require an additional um, language, if so, it's listed. So there's no surprises down the line and you just check and see, do you fulfill the requirements? And in some cases then, they'll maybe list other requirements that you need to have. For example, maybe some software packages to be familiar with. So then further on down, you see an actual detailed description of the work and the information in there is your pot of gold in terms of writing your actual cover letter. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to, in your online application, show what experience you have or what interest you have in learning about the work that the company is doing. The other details then that the job offer will provide, as I said, everything is upfront. It will tell you for how long the placement is for. It will tell you how much you're going to be paid. And it will also outline the cost of lodging and the cost of living in that country. So for this offer, you can see it's 40 to 52 weeks. That's to give a student some flexibility. 
So it may be that you go um, on that placement between maybe 9, 10, 11, 12 months. It's up to you. Um, we do see some offers that are maybe, you know, three months to a year. They're hopefully looking for someone who can fill closer to the year than three months. That's what we find in the past. And if they find another student who can do longer, then they'd maybe um, be preferring that student. But as I say, everything's up front for you to see. So what are the costs of the program? So there's the £10 registration fee that we've already mentioned. And then there's a £200 program fee that's payable to IASTA UK. And when you ask to be nominated for a job, then you are making commitment to that job. And, you know, we try to make it clear to people, you are the only person in the whole of the UK that will be nominated for this job. So it's not, I guess, a fishing expedition for you. So, you know, you need to be sure you've done your homework before you ask to apply for a job because we are really reserving it for you. Um, and so if you were to turn the job down after you've been accepted, then it doesn't make us look good to our international partners. And it also stops a student from the UK applying to it. But the £200 fee is only payable when you've actually been accepted by the company and you know you're going on your placement. You do need to play, pay your return travel costs. So again, take that into consideration um, when you're budgeting, you know, whether you want to be applying to something in Europe or further afield. Um, and there may be visa or vaccination costs, depending on where you're going. And then while you're there, if there are any travel or tourism costs, that would be, um, you know, what you would need your own spending money for. So frequently asked questions. I guess the one I get asked at this time of the year most of all is, will there be an offer for X? in country Y. And to be honest, I really don't have a crystal ball. And I guess more so this year than ever, because, um, you know, things are so, you know, changing so much really because of COVID. Um, and it's not a case of what offers will there be. It's what students do we have? Because we start with you and your needs. What students do we have? What are you looking for? And then we try to find it for you. Then the other question I get asked is, can I apply for more than one offer at a time? And the answer to that is no, not unless they're not at the same time. So if one offer was, say, from September to December and the other one was from January to June, the answer is yes. But you can't apply for two that overlap at the same time. And that's, again, back to we only nominate one student for each offer. And then people are always wondering about the social activities. So again, I thought I'd pass over to the students at this point. You can see in the photograph there, um, we've got Ashley McKenna and Kyle Carson, who in the summer of 2019, they went and spent their summer in Japan. But I'd invite the ladies to turn their cameras on now. Um, and we could maybe hear from them. Um, earlier on, just in the session, you had mentioned about the local committee and how sort of supportive it is. And Monica, you talked about going to Basel. Is, is there any other excursions or trips that you would like to mention that you've been on? Um, Switzerland for me was full of them. When I went out in the summer, there was all sorts. There was like a chocolate and cheese weekend where we stayed in this wee like mountain chalet and um, like you could see the stars really well. 
and that was amazing and I just made a bit of a um a goal to go hiking as much as possible while I was there so it was just like dreams come true for me because I've been to Switzerland briefly before but being able to actually work there was amazing because um obviously you could earn enough money to live and travel around Switzerland it's so much cheaper to travel around when you're living there because you get discounted um like train tickets and everything so um yeah it was just like such an amazing experience um most weekends I was out and about doing something or other so fantastic and in terms of yourself Anola did you get to see much of China or was there anything um any experiences that you particularly remember um yeah so I saw an awful lot of China actually even though we were only there I was only there for three months so I say China is quite different um because of the visa regulations for working in China um so whenever we arrived we have all the interns that were across the whole of China flew in to Shanghai so we all met each other and we're all staying in the same hotel in Shanghai which was really cool um so literally just landed off a plane and met three German fellas um and then we all traveled around Shanghai and explored together um and as well with our volunteers that picked us up from the airport and then we spent two days all together um with like an, an induction training on how to like so it kind of like got us into the Chinese culture and they taught us some Chinese language as well which was really helpful um you know how to say good morning to your colleagues and how to speak to taxi drivers and count your numbers and uh, so it was really useful uh just as a wee icebreaker to get to know each other um and the culture um so then we met the whole ISTA team and then similar to the girls um ISTA China organized I think it was like two or three main weekends uh, across each month. So it was at least one weekend a month. Um, so I went on the Yellow Mountains trip. So we went and hiked. Um, so there's like five famous mountain ranges in China. One of them appears in the Avatar movies, actually. And um, I hiked up the Yellow Mountains and we actually got to stay on the mountain uh, all together on like a hotel. and like a hostel and then we hiked on round instead so that was one of our weekend adventures and then another weekend we went to Beijing and explored and we did the Great Wall together and Tiananmen Square and Summer Palace and everywhere um so myself and one of the other placement students who is actually also from Queens uh Brent and I we went up to Beijing together and we uh explored Beijing we added on an extra couple of days ourselves after the trip um because we had the time off work and made sure that we could see the whole of Beijing we were there within the five days well as much as we could see because it's such a large city um but every weekend we traveled together uh as like a little group um of people that we were living together so with our company we were all living in the one place so it was kind of like uh, halls or like a dormitory but for the company so we were all placed in the one facility um together and we all had our own bedrooms which is really nice but we were all across the like literally across the hall from each other um so that kind of allowed us all to like talk and communicate and go out for dinner and stuff together in the evenings um so we then every weekend planned something new we did our own travel 
we went to Xi'an and climbed one of the mountains there. We cycled around the whole of the city on the walls. Um, we kind of planned somewhere new every weekend, so there was always something to do. So, so we, even though we were only there for a short period of time, you really did make the most of it? We really did, but also then in the evenings with work, um, we did like language classes with them. So they taught us Chinese and we taught them English. So it kind of really helped build the rapport between um, your colleagues that you're working with. And it just kind of created a, a little bond like played games and got to know each other. It's nice, nice bit of sort of informal networking and sort of friendships being developed through those sessions, no doubt. Monica, you, you've mentioned obviously one of Basel. Is there any other highlights that you've had so far or any plans or that you hope to do during the rest of the time? Yeah, well, it's pretty much the same situation. Um, from my ESC, there were a few. There was, uh, I think, cheese tasting, something similar. Uh, but uh, I, I wasn't able to go to that. But they keep organizing things. And also, I, I live in pretty much student accommodation and it's incredible because there's people from all over the world here as well so it's pretty much the same thing we keep traveling every weekend going up mountains hiking it's my new favorite thing to do and yeah it's uh, it's incredible um yeah there's every week every week there's an IST meeting on I think Thursdays yeah here so it's it's really active um, many many opportunities for travel for meeting new people and yeah it's, it's awesome <laughs> fantastic i didn't realize i asked it was such a health benefit but <laughs> it's just good to know <laughs> um, but we have a few more slides that mary's going to go through but is there any sort of final tips or sort of advice that you give students that are either considering it or maybe sort of and maybe going to talk themselves out of it Definitely just go for it and um, be open to, you know, maybe as Mary said, you know, you, you might get the perfect opportunity in a country you're not expecting or you might really want to go to one country but um, have a different job that you were expecting. And like, as I said, for me, I wasn't set on doing like the product management internship, but like that turned out really well and I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, just be open and um, as I said, get the documents ready and um, like we're here if for any help or questions so just you can contact us um the local committee through the uh facebook and instagram if you have any questions and stuff um so yeah yeah it's right. so fantastic advice and i would reiterate that offer if, if students can't speak to people who participate in a program it's, it's invaluable because obviously you guys packed your bags and have taken that, that sort of challenge and opportunity is there anything from yourselves, Monica or Fanula, that you'd add to that? Similar to Catherine, I would just say, if you're thinking about it, just do it. <laughs> um, okay. It will literally change your life for the better. And you don't know what you're going to experience. You don't know what you're like going to expect or what might be out there. Um, like my life is completely different from a year and a half ago to now. So it can it really was the most beneficial and rewarding thing I've ever done. So, Brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. And same here, just agree with the girls completely. Just go for it. Uh, you live once, you know, and these opportunities are just incredible because you get all the support and you you can do it. So just go for it. I'll say it's definitely worth it. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. 
No, it's, it's great advice and sort of great encouragement for all those Queen's students that are thinking about it. And now is the sort of stage to do it and pressure and roll your, your interest. Guys, thanks very much. It's been, it's been great speaking to you. Thank you. Thanks, Rory. Okay, so the top tips, this is our last slide, and then we've got a little video that we're going to show you. Um, and I see online today, we've got some of the broadcast media students, and this little video was put together by one of the students, Sam, from the course. Um, but our top tips just, uh, and you can add any questions you have in, and after the video, we'll answer them. The main thing is being flexible on the location, and we heard Finola saying there, you know, don't look at the location, look at the job and be as flexible as possible. Um, and that's important, especially because of COVID and land borders being opened and closed. Be prepared. So we're going to have a CV um, resume workshop clinic on the 18th of November, and there's going to be a little link for you to register for that um, popped up on the side as well. Um, the tutor recommendation. We have an online template on our website for the tutor recommendation. And the one thing that I would say is take the time to email your tutor and explain what it is you're wanting to apply for. Because what sometimes happens is students write a one line request to their tutor and say, can you write me a recommendation for this? And if you write a one line request, you might get a one line recommendation back from your tutor and that's not what you want. You want a full recommendation from your tutor. So take the time to actually explain to your tutor what the program's about and what it is um, you're applying for and why you want the recommendation. I need to mention the passport and that's um, simply because of Brexit. Um, and if you are applying all across the world, this, this maybe doesn't apply to you. Um, and I asked, he does operate all across the world. But if you are looking for a placement in Europe this summer to give yourself maximum flexibility, what we do see is some students who have access to an Irish passport actually getting an Irish passport. It's entirely up to you. Um, we're not suggesting that you must do this or anything remotely like it, but just to give yourself maximum flexibility, if you're going to be in Europe or planning to be in Europe this summer, then that might be something that you want to consider. Um, and then the last thing is really just to communicate with us. We really are here to help. Um, and so communicate with the LC and communicate with us. Um, and there are different ways to do that. Obviously, social media, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. And last week was World IASTI Day. And if you type in on Instagram and search for hashtag IASTI 2020, you will see what IASTI is all about and how much it is student run and all the fun that people have by being part of IASTI. Also, um, on our website, you can click on the student story map, and that's where you'll see a map of the world. And you can click in any part of the world and read the stories and see the photographs from students who've been on an IASTI placement. And then I've put up as well there my email address. So as I say, the local committee and I are all here to help you and guide you through the program. Mary, there's quite a few questions, or well, there's a number of questions, just the chat function. Are you happy just to go through these? Yes, um, absolutely. So the first one was from Rebecca. It's a way to find out which specific roles jobs are being offered. And obviously you've touched that there. 
Yes, at this point in the year, we don't know for certain what will be offered. All I can say is that in the past, it has been across so many different areas, so many different disciplines and within disciplines, then particular, you know, things that people are interested in. Do we know what Rebecca is actually studying? Like I can tell you, for example, in computer science every year, we usually have many, many placements that even aren't filled because our computer scientists, a lot of them seem to want to stay at home. Um, but yes, so at this point in the year, we won't know, but the slide that had all the things up like medical placements, biomedical placements, I saw someone was asking about biomedical in Asia. And I could say like in the past, like last year, we would have had placements for biomedical science in Macau. We would have had placements in China. We would have had placements in Japan specifically for biomedical. But as I say, no one in the world really has that crystal ball um, because of COVID. So my advice would be to register your interest, stay in touch, be prepared. Um, and then once you're prepared, then, as I say, we will do our best to find placements for people that that, that want to go and, 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 and in countries where you can go because we follow the government advice on travel safety. So at the moment, we do have 13 students on placement in Malta, Portugal, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, etc., cetera, uh, Czech Republic. So placements have taken place this year um, in the windows where travel was safe to go. Next one was, are there language requirements for doing a placement in a non-English speaking country? Um, the language of IASTI is English. So that will be what most offers are offered for. Um, and, you know, in the workplace, it's usually English that's spoken. Um, so we, again, our students are sought after because you're fluent English speakers. So as I say, most of the offers are available to you. Okay. There's one from Barry in uh, CS, and it's in relation to his compulsory placement year. Uh, can you see that one yourself? I can indeed. So Barry is saying about the fact that, you know, when you have a compulsory year to do and you need to actually get your placement organized for January, you know, what do you do? Because our timeline in IASTE doesn't quite fit with that timeline. So one of the things I would suggest to consider would be if you are looking for a placement um, and, you know, you need to be proactive about it right now, that's fine. Maybe your placement closer to home could start in September and then that would free you up for an IASTE summer placement. And that way you're keeping both doors open to you. So that would be one way to get around it. Yeah, I think it's important um, that in anything, it's, in all of your communication, uh, speak with your placement office, your placement coordinators, just keep them informed of what you would like to do and what you're thinking of doing. And I suppose obviously with compulsory placement, it's, you know, it's, you need to complete it to progress in your course. Yeah. So have a chat with your placement team and coordinators, and if the conversation needs to be brought in further with Mary or, or the ASI, then that could be. That, that actually reminds me, Rory, of Ashley, Ashley McKenna, who was um, an electronic engineering student. And she was in exactly this boat a year ago because she got offered a placement in Cork. And then she didn't hadn't actually found out about her IASTI placement. So what we did was we arranged to move 
but she was then subsequently we said to her look you have to accept you know the one you've been offered you can't just wait for an iasty one that really wouldn't be very wise so i said to her chat chat to your family and friends etc and she said yeah she would she would accept the one closer to home because it was guaranteed but what we did then was we contacted iasty japan and they moved the time of ashlyn's placement in japan so she was able to go out there for four or five weeks in the summer and then she progressed on to cork after that so do you have a chance to apply to several jobs places from the catalogue in case you don't get the first choice no you don't and it's simply because um you know we only nominate one student for each job and our success rate of finding placements for students is so high so we couldn't offer a student two placements um you know, and another student, none. So yeah, so we share them out as fairly as possible. So understandable. Uh, Veronica has asked, do participants go through any kind of interview process? Well, First part it, of the question. yeah, well, at before nomination, no, but we, we encourage people to interact with us and come along to the sessions, etc., so that we get to know you and get to know what you're looking for. But then when your nomination pack goes to the um, receiving country around the world, they may phone you up. If it's student run, they may phone you up and have a wee chat with you and just, you know, check that you'll fit in well or, you know, maybe check your level of English. It doesn't happen very often for our students. And then if it's a summer placement at a university, very often you're accepted on your documents. No interview, no anything. But if it is a longer term placement at a company, very often then the company again will arrange a chat. I remember you in many cases are the only person applying for this job. You're the only person being nominated. So your chance of acceptance is very good, you know, if you come across enthusiastic, et cetera. But again, we can help you and, um, you know, chat to you about any inter interviews that would be upcoming. And the other thing I would say is keep in touch with Rory and his team because they really are in tune with what employers are looking for in terms of, you know, that prep. Yep, so the, the Global Opportunities team sits within their wider career service and the careers consultant meet with students through appointments and they can go through details and information in regards to uh, interviews and what potential questions they might be asked. And it, although uh, it may be an informal phone call, there's no reason not to prepare yourself and, and have your sort of question, potential questions and responses prepared. The second part of the question is, uh, is, is a person applying for a specific position or a field and then will be offered place or some places? Uh, do you have to accept the first opportunity offered or is it okay to reject it? Lastly, I'd like to ask how does the program work for PhD students? Uh, when on a placement do I need to postpone my studies or will it count into a total of three to four years of PhD studies? To PhD studies? Okay, so I guess the first part of the question in terms of do you have to accept the first opportunity that's offered to you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If we send an offer your way and say, look, is this of interest to you? You know, we appreciate if people are honest with us and say, actually, no, it's not what I'm looking for. Um, similarly, though, on the other hand, we would say to people now, don't get too caught up in it being the perfect, perfect, perfect fit for you. You know, so again, that little bit of flexibility. Um, so, yes. And then the, the second part of the question about being um, a PhD student, I wouldn't be actually 
qualified to comment on that. That's something you would need to talk to your um, PhD supervisor um, about. Um, and I think in, a, in any interview, what people are looking for is enthusiasm, whether it's a placement here or a job here or a placement far away from home. People are looking for enthusiasm. Can I just come in on that point? Um, with the interviews for mine going to China, uh, I asked to China actually had emailed me saying, we'd like to interview you. Um, so I got up and with the time difference, it was like at the crack of dawn, but it was great. Um, and then when I got on the call, fully expecting an interview, um, there wasn't an interview. They were just asking me questions and it was just, you've been accepted. Does this work for you? How are you, you know, what, what's suitable for you? So it just is very, everybody's very friendly and an interview is just be yourself really, I suppose. Yeah, it's more a chat with Ayasti. And I guess that's the thing. And that's why we put so much emphasis on your documents and your nomination pack, because that's really what people are going to judge you on. You know, they will, it will be a person like me or Fanula somewhere across the world that will receive your documents and will be looking through them and will be reading about you and reading your enthusiasm that comes across in your letter you know, that you've taken the time to look into their company, et cetera, and that your CV is tailored to the job. So the documents are a really important part of it. But as I say, we'll help you and coach you through that too. Thanks, Fanula. Uh, the next question from Sean is, I'm studying biomedical sciences. I'm particularly interested in the placement issue. Is this less likely due to COVID? Also, what specifically is useful to have on your CV since there's less chance to complete extracurricular activities this year with everything being online? Well, the answer in the past, I would have been able to say to you, you know, we definitely would have biomedical placements in Asia and we definitely have. With COVID, no one no one could actually answer that question. So if I said to you yes or no, I'd be lying. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So as I say, just keep in touch with us and we'll keep you posted. And um, we have seen some excellent biomedical placements that have been very sought after in the likes of Germany. We've also had them in the United States in Baylor um, College of Medicine. And that was a big success this year in that those remote uh, intern, those, those physical internships at Baylor in America were actually turned into remote internships. And we had eight students from Queens actually do remote biomedical um, internships. Obviously, there was no opportunity to get lab experience, which we know is what people are looking for. But in a COVID summer where people were locked down, those students really used their summer wisely and built their CV through that through those remote internships. Um, I, would, I would add that and just say on the on the careers website, there's an event section and there's panel speakers, guest speakers, uh, on camp or activities that are happening virtually. So you know, to build up industry knowledge and add that to your CV, CV could, could really add your extracurricular experience. And also, it's also worth booking an appointment with a careers consultant just to um, see what other maybe online or, or volunteer opportunities that would potentially add your CV or your experience. Yeah. Okay, there's a question from Joe Yovo. Uh, are IFC students offered permanent roles after their placements? Yes, this can definitely happen. Sometimes what we see is companies actually using these um, short placements to basically hunt for talent. Um, and then the, the placement turns into a long-term job offer. And that, that does happen frequently in Europe. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, Victoria's asked, will the placement in interoperable studies are conveyed for the summer only? Well, I think you'd, you'd cover that in your mm -hmm. session. What sort of percentage would go out for a year as opposed to a shorter period, or just roughly? We would usually see about 25% on a normal year going out for a long placement and 75% short-term placements. However, it's been the opposite this year. It's been 75% longer-term placements and 25% shorter-term placements. So um, we really don't know what will happen. Maybe next year it'll be half and half, 50-50. And I suppose there's that degree of flexibility and support available to provide advice. Yeah. Uh, nice, nice comment there from Kyle. Yes, Kyle went on two placements. So the first year he went to Austria. He's a civil engineer. And then the second year he went to Korea. So, um, and he's been involved with our local committee ever since. Um, Alex had asked, what kind of voluntary experience is worth mentioning on the CV? I think um, you'd mentioned that I was going to post a link. I'm going to send around an email to everyone who's registered for this session today, and I'll include a link to the CV workshop. I think I would encourage everyone to come along to learn that their type of question can be discussed in depth. Great. Yeah, that's super. Can you apply to somewhere in the UK or does it have to be somewhere abroad? All our placements are international, so we don't actually offer any placements in the UK. How difficult is it to get accepted if you register from Michael? I would say the people that are committed to the programme and really want to go, I would say our prob our success rate is around 80%. Yeah, in Northern Ireland, we have a high, high success rate. How many students will apply for a single placement on average? We sometimes see just one. And we sometimes see 99. <laughs> and it depends, it depends that year on how many students from that field are interested in the placement. And it depends as well on where the placement is. So, you know, we had a, we had a placement um, in Mercedes-Benz and uh, it was a really wonderful placement. The student that went, Manan, was an international student and he had a wonderful time. And we didn't see the number of students applying for that placement that we would have expected. So, you know, it's we're surprised all the time by, you know, how many. Um, but as I say, we're here to help and get as many students. There's no cap on how many we can send. Okay, so we can send as many as want to go and, you know, you know, that are flexible. There's another question. I'm due to graduate in December 2020. Since I'm an international student, my visa experience expires in January 2021. May I know would it be possible for me to internship by now until January 2021? So that's a kind of yes. Darren, Darren and I have been emailing a lot. Hi, Darren. Um, I think the challenge for you right now, Darren, is that the international borders in many countries are closed. So, you know, there has been there, the upsurge of COVID all across Europe. And with borders closed, then if a border is closed, you would not be insured to actually go on a placement. So that's the challenge um, with such a short timeline. So we're really working for placements to start in the summer of 2021. And on that there as well, obviously, placement officers, coordinators and offices in the university has travel advice. So it's available on, mm -hmm. on our the Global Opportunities website, the most up-to-date one. 
your student has said, I've uh, already registered with IAC, but I didn't realize there was a template that should have reference. How can I re-upload? So can I go and amend their documents? Yes, they can indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, on our website, if you if you just Google British Council Northern Ireland IASTE, you'll find the link at the bottom of our page and you can download the tutor recommendation. Uh, Jane has asked, I know it's hard to tell what will be available, but as the program is quite STEM based, are placements in the arts still common? Uh, broadcast production students? Well, last year was the first year we had broadcast production students apply to the program. And um, we had two, we found two placements for them. We found one in Pakistan at the university working um, with the radio broadcast team there. It's the Na it was the national center for broadcast in the country. And then we found another one in Austria. So one in Europe and one in the Middle East. So now that we have students interested in those fields, then that's what we will be telling the rest of the world. We have students, does anyone have placements? To say it all starts with with the students that register. Aoife has asked if multiple people want to be nominated for a job offer, is it first come first served or do you pick the student best suited? It depends really on the particular placement. So for example, in some countries, they will let us nominate two students. In some countries, they won't. So um, if two students wanted, then we would look at your paperwork and we would see which one we think would be most suited to it. Now, the other thing is we've great re we've great relationships with our ASTI partners all around the world. So we can sometimes then say to them, actually, there are two students interested. And depending on the company's needs, depending on the placement, they may be able to make room for another student or not. It just depends. But as I say, it's all about communication. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Mark has asked, is it possible to get a 9 to 12 month placement? Is it not possible to get a 9 to 12 month placement due to offers being put up later next year if you have a compulsory year and experience? So it's a similar question to the, the previous computer science student who had a compulsory year and needs to have this arranged by sort of earlier than your, the IAC offers may be advertised. Yeah, it, so I wonder what I wonder what subject Mark is in. So for computer science, we know there'll be tons and tons of offers. They're never filled. Like last year, three hundred computer science placements were not filled all across the world. Um, but it depends what Mark is studying. Well, perhaps that's maybe a, a private yeah, uh, separate conversation. Yeah, we can take that one off. Yeah, and we we have a copy of this question, so I can send that on to you, uh, Julia. Where are biology environmental internships most likely to be offered based on sort of previous experience? Previous, previous years, we would have seen um, South America, Brazil, a lot in Brazil. Um, we would have also seen in the likes of Sweden and then broadly the European countries. So not so many really in Asia as such, but mostly in the European countries. Um, and not so many in Africa either. So yeah, Europe and South America, I would say. Is there a maximum amount of time to complete a placement with IASTI over several years? No, um, we do have some students who've done it more than once. Um, but as you can imagine, this program is funded by the Department of the Economy. So they are keen for as many students to take part as possible. So we would be honest with people and say, if there are two students interested in the same placement and one has already 
had a placement, then it's more than likely that it would go to the student who hasn't had a placement um, if we thought that student had a good chance of being accepted. If we thought the student wouldn't be accepted and we thought the other one was a stronger candidate, then that's where maybe an exception um, would be made. Okay. Christopher was asked, um, apart from the tutor reference, are there any other documents that should be uploaded? You may have missed that slide you referred to. So the likes of the CV so, transfer. Yeah, at this point, you don't need to upload any documents, okay? So you're okay for now, but the documents that you are going to need are your CV, your tutor recommendation, your transcript, and a letter from the university to say you are a student enrolled at the university. So there are the four documents that you would need, but not at, not at this point per se. So the letter of enrollment can be accessed or gained through going to the Student Guidance Centre on level one and asking for that to be dealt with just one for you, or in some cases in your, in your school office. Academic transcript, can it be an official one or a copy yeah. of? Yeah, they can just download it. That's absolutely fine. And we know, you know, that there's restrictions around movement. Usually an unofficial one that's stamped is fine. Um, but as I say, you know, if you can't get it stamped, everybody in the world is in the same position. So so don't worry about that. But don't spend any money on getting an official one or anything. You don't need to do that. Can you look for both short term and long term jobs at once or do you have to specify one time frame? No, that's great. It's better to keep your options open. So yeah, you can be looking for both at the same time. Yeah. And the final question was from Rebecca and Rebecca's psychology student. Are there usually many placements offered for psychology students? You know, we have seen um, specifically for psychology, one that pops off the top of my head is Bolivia. And we saw Bolivia there in the video. And that was a children's home and they and a hospital. And they were looking actually for a multidisciplinary team to go. So they were looking for medics. They were looking for physios. They were looking for psychologists, etc., all to come and work in a very practical setting with them. Um, so, yes, you know, they wouldn't there wouldn't be a lot of placements. But yes, we we do have them. Some more things available. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Mary, that's all the questions. Um, is there anything you want to close with? Uh, no, just to say to everybody, thanks a million for coming online today. It was great to see everybody. And thank you to um, Catherine and Fanula and Monica for being online today as well. Um, you know, it's great to see people are interested and open and, you know, looking forward to next summer, which is what we're doing. Very good. I'd, I'd reiterate just thanks very much to the students. It was really interesting to hear from their perspective and, and also yourself, Mary. It's a fantastic programme. He's obviously running very, very well. There's a few final questions just bumped in there if you've got one minute. Yeah. Uh, would there be many opportunities for someone studying actuarial science? I'd be honest, I've never seen an actuarial scientist's job being advertised, but that's. But then last year we hadn't seen any broadcast media because we didn't have any students. We don't look for those jobs. So if you register with us, then we can, you know, go out to our network and say, does anybody ever have any of these? It may be that they've swapped them with other countries around the world and not us. And again, in that case, Cahill, keep in contact with your, your placement office in the management school for advice. Uh, Christopher, does a previous placement within Northern Ireland help the chance of being accepted for an IASI placement? So will that stand out in your TV? 
Yeah, absolutely. Any practical experience will, you know, help you to get to the next place on your career ladder. But remember that IASTI is about giving people the opportunity to get those first steps as well. So by not having previous experience, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't stop you from getting it. But as I say, any like practical experience you can have in your field is always very welcome. Very good. Some nice comments are from Rebecca and Veronica. Uh, Andrews asked a question, because there's little lab experience in mathematics, would there be many placements in engineering jobs? Actually, we do see a lot of mathematicians um, being sought after. And I believe we have a mathematician at the moment out on placement. I can't remember which country, but we have a Queen's mathematics student actually on placement this year. Somewhere, somewhere in Europe, I'll have to look up my files, um, my Excel spreadsheet when I get off this call. So, um, yeah, mathematics students, good mathematics students are sought, sought after all across the world. Fantastic. Yeah. And again, just a final comment from David, just a nice comment from David. Um, look, there will be future opportunities to ask questions by contacting yourselves or if you uh, shouldn't register for the CV and resume workshop, which I'll share details. And again, that can be used as double up as a Q&A, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Okay, guys, uh, we'll wrap the session up now. As I said, I'll share the recording of this session. We'll also share the registration details if you want to register your interest, but it can be simply found on the British Council IASD website. And we'll look forward to chatting with you all at the next session. Thanks very much. Okay, Mary. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to a podcast from the Careers, Employability and Skills team at Queen's. Music by Ben Sound. To access career support at Queen's, please visit our website go.qub.ac.uk forward slash careers or follow at QUB Careers on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.